Welcome back to the Der Show. Um, today we're going to talk about lying, liars, and congressmen. Um, you know who I'm talking about, uh, George Santos. Uh, he is now a member of Congress, having sworn to uphold the Constitution. And, of course, he's a certified liar. I mean, what else can you say about him? Um, he's lied about almost every aspect of his life and background. He just invented himself. I mean, if he were a book, he'd be in the fiction section of the library, not the nonfiction section. You know, Woody Allen used to talk about someday there'll be a nonfiction version of the Warren uh, Committee report because he always doubted the uh, results of that of that report. And so now uh, a number of congressmen from Santos's home state, indeed his home area within the state, have called for him to resign. He has quite quite categorically indicated he won't. He, he, he ran for office. He won the election. If the voters don't like him, they can vote him out next time. But he is not going to retire. It remains to be seen. Uh, what committee assignments uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, gives him and what uh, the attitude of fellow Republicans will be toward him in the House of Representatives. He certainly goes into the House uh, a wounded um, member of Congress, certainly not one whose word would be uh, easily accepted or taken. Um, but <laughs> he joins a lot of other members of Congress in that regard and, and members of the United States Senate and occupants of, of the White House. Um, look, I had a president of the United States Look me directly in the eye and 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 lie to me. This was President Obama, who I knew as a student, and he called me to the Oval Office when he was president, just on the eve of his second election. He obviously wanted my support. Question about whether he should have been asking for my support in the White House itself, but um, clearly he invited me there uh, to talk about Israel and Iran. He knew that I was influential voice. Uh, among uh, Jewish voters and pro-Israel voters in the United States. And he looked me in the eye and said, Alan, you've known me for a long time. Uh, you know I would never lie to you. Um, I will always have Israel's back, and I will never essentially uh, sign an agreement that would allow Iran to develop a nuclear uh, arsenal. And then, of course, he signed an agreement that essentially has been allowing Iran to develop a nuclear arsenal. Um, you know, maybe he changed his mind and give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think back in retrospect now, he just told me what he thought I wanted to hear. Um, you know, we've, we've heard so many other presidents have made statements that are not true. Presidents, former presidents, candidates for uh, presidents. Um, many of you won't like when I say this, but <clears throat> I think the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, certainly did not accurately portray the results of the 2020 election. Uh, he still, to this day, claims he won. He did not win. He lost. He lost fair and square. There were some irregularities. Obviously, there always are. There were irregularities when President Kennedy was elected. Um, there are probably irregularities in every election. In uh, the 2020 election, there was a real problem in Pennsylvania. I think that the uh, Pennsylvania authorities acted unconstitutionally by extending the time uh, for write-in ballots, even though it wasn't done by the legislature and the 
uh, Constitution specifically provides that it's the state legislatures that make decisions regarding um, these these elections. But uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you that Donald Trump is is lying. Um, he may believe this, and it's very possible that he believes it to the core of his soul that he won the election. He's just not right. Uh, now, there's a, there's a big difference between not being right and being a liar. And, you know, the Supreme Court has recognized that in New York Times versus Sullivan and other First Amendment cases, uh, you have a right to be wrong, uh, but you don't have a right to deliberately, willfully, knowingly, recklessly lie about a particular uh, individual. Believe me, I understand that because I've been lied about uh, maliciously and recklessly and knowingly uh, in an effort to try to uh, hurt me and destroy me and my family. I know that. And uh, um, that's become very clear. Um, uh, I wrote a whole book about it called Guilt by Accusation, which anybody can read and, and obviously see the uh, undoubted proof uh, that I was lied about. Any event, um, Senator Blumenthal, who serves with great distinction as uh, the overwhelming favorite when he runs in, in Connecticut. We know that he misstated his own record um, uh, in terms of the military. Uh, we know that Hillary Clinton um, described how she was being shot at and bullets were flying <clears throat> all around her when, in fact, the evidence showed that she was never, never in harm's way. Now, I don't know, are these just little fibs? Are, are they uh, Santos-type lies? Um, I forget which newspaper it is. Maybe it's the Washington Post. But one of the newspapers uh, uh, gives out Pinocchios. Um, uh, if you're a real, real liar, you get five Pinocchios. If you're you know, a little bit of a liar, you get one or two Pinocchios. Um, obviously, it relates to Pinocchio, whose nose grew <laughs> every time he told a lie. I wish, we had, I wish we had a lie meter in Congress. I wish we had a lie meter... In Washington, D.C., I wish we had a line meter uh, in academia where I spent 50 uh, years. Um, but let's remember that under the Constitution, uh, it cannot be made a crime to simply lie. Um, um, you can um, make it a tort to defame a particular individual, but uh, under the First Amendment, you can lie all you want. You can get up there and say the Holocaust never occurred. You can get up there and say slavery never occurred. You can get up there and say Columbus didn't really uh, discover America and men didn't walk on the moon and that the earth is flat. Uh, you have a constitutional right to make those absurd, outrageous claims. What you don't have the right to say is that a particular individual uh, did something that he didn't do when you know he didn't, uh, he didn't do it. And George Santos's lies fall into the first, not the second, uh, category. As far as I can tell, he never uh, defamed anybody. He denied having been arrested for using bad checks to buy material when he was a very young man in Central um, America. Um, um, he lied, obviously, about his um, um, military uh, record. He lied about, um, lied sometimes by omission, sometimes by commission about aspects of his, of his private life. But, and here I'm going to be criticized by some, of course. Um, if you're going to throw people out of Congress for lying, 
it has to be one rule for everybody. And there have to be criteria. And you have to set out in advance a code. Um, and if you violate that code, here, here are the penalties. Grade A, grade B, grade C. If it's a little I, you get suspended uh, from a committee. If it's a medium-sized lie, maybe you get worse sanctions. And if there is a lie that really goes to the core of your very being, maybe you do get expelled. There also has to be rules differentiating lies that are told um, way before you got to Congress, lies you told in order to get elected to Congress, and lies you told while uh, in Congress. As you know, the Constitution of the United States, um, maybe mistakenly, but the United States Constitution gives very, very broad immunity to congressmen and senators um, for what they say on the floor of the Senate or on the floor of the House. And uh, obviously there have been many, many lies told on the floors of both of those um, chambers. Uh, and not only is there exemption from uh, lies that are told, as you probably know, that we had a situation, I think it was in the run-up to the Civil War, where the, the um, uh, senator from one of the southern states uh, beat the senator from Massachusetts over the head with a cane and almost killed him. And there were no there were no consequences um, uh, to him for for that, and 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 so we have today uh, anarchy. We we don't have rules. We we don't have standards. Um, you know, it reminds me a little bit of Justice Potter Stewart's famous statement in a case that I was actually a law clerk on. It was a case involving an allegedly obscene movie. It was a movie that today would get a G rating, I think. I think it was called The Lovers or something like that. It was a you know a French movie that depicted a tiny, tiny bit of, of sexual um, interaction of the kind you see regularly on HBO or, or on, on any of the other uh, cable uh, channels. And today, they're not even R-rated, some of them. But back in the day, people were going to jail. I actually represented somebody in a movie called I Am Curious Yellow, who was threatened with imprisonment for showing the movie uh, at the Symphony Cinema Theater across the street from Symphony Hall in Boston. We won the case and he never served. But um, uh, but those were the days when, when, when people were being prosecuted. And in a case that came before the Supreme Court, uh, the issue was whether or not the movie contained... Um, pornography, or in that case, did it contain hardcore pornography? And Justice Stewart penned a line that has probably been his most famous line. Don't know whether he wrote it or a law clerk wrote it. I think probably he wrote it. He was a very bright guy, very nice guy. I liked him very much. I was a clerk when he was a justice, in which he said, uh, hardcore pornography may be hard to define, but I know it when I see it, and this is not it. And of course it wasn't it. It was just, you know, minor sexual uh, encounter. But I know it when I see it. And I think many of us feel the same way about the line of lying. Um, you know, we may understand, maybe forgive, though it certainly, we would never justify um, uh, exaggerating one's military uh, career or uh, exaggerating um, uh, what uh, danger you were in when you were the Secretary of State. Okay, that may be understandable. And, but whatever, wherever the line is, Santa's crossed it. Uh, there's no question about that. On the other hand, um, we have a very close 
division in Congress. And um, uh, one does not want to see uh, partisan influences on efforts to remove uh, a sitting congressman. And that's why it was so important today that Republicans, Republicans urged him to uh, resign, which might mean the seat going to a Democrat, maybe not. Uh, but it's certainly there's a risk that the Republicans might lose a seat and uh, bring them even closer to um, a time when when the, the Congress would be close to being equally divided. But the um, Republicans said enough's enough. Uh, that line has been crossed. Uh, but I want to know what that line is. And I would love to see Congress uh, pass a law um, which indicates the nature of of crimes that disqualify you. I think one of the first things would be lying about one's military record in a direct way, because, you know, when you lie about your military record, you insult and demean people who have died for America, people who have been permanently injured, disabled, um, subject to uh, shock and to um, all kinds of disabilities, um, putting themselves in harm's way to protect you and me from our enemies and, you know, nobody should ever be able to claim they won a Purple Heart or a silver medal or a gold medal or uh, were involved in combat uh, when they weren't involved in combat. Uh, that, to me, is a very, very serious offense. And I would put that high on the ranking. Um, you know, issues like, did I win the election or did I lose the election? No. I mean, you know, people are entitled to believe what they believe about their own uh, electability. I don't like it. And I've been very critical of President Trump for um, declaring that he won the election. And many of you believe he won the election. I know I get your emails. Um, but whatever way you believe on that, it's a very, very different kind of lie than some of the things that uh, Santos has been uh, guilty of, uh, of saying. So will there be hearings? Will the case be submitted to the Ethics Committee? Does the Ethics Committee have jurisdiction over things that were said by a person before he was a member of Congress or even before he um, was running for Congress? Um, these are hard questions, and I think they should be answered in a systematic, nonpartisan way, in a way that uh, allows the law to be applied uh, regardless of whether the person's Democrat or Republican. You know, I had a colleague at Harvard Law School um, for my first several years, he, he died when I was just a young professor named John Rawls. In fact, he and I were in a reading group together. And uh, uh, the great book that he wrote uh, was written um, uh, in part based on uh, input from that reading group, which I was privileged to be a member of. And so I've long been an admirer of John Rawls and Rawlsian philosophy. And the key to Rawlsian philosophy is uh, blindness. Uh, that is, what he argues is that when you're presented with a philosophical question, a conundrum, um, you should have to answer that question behind a veil of ignorance. You don't know when you answer that question whether you're, I mean, the, what he contemplates is a nether world in which we all exist, but we don't yet exist in the real world. And we have to make these philosophical judgments without knowing whether when we're born, we're going to be white or black, whether we're going to be male or female, whether we're going to be um, uh, very intelligent or, or less intelligent, uh, handicapped or less handicapped, athletic or less uh, athletic. Um, 
And therefore, when you don't know what you're going to be uh, in the world to come, um, you have to come up with rules that would be equally applicable. It's like I remember um, when I used to be a kid and have to choose with, 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 with my brother which piece of, of chicken to have, one maybe bigger than the other, we would say, you know, one of you divide it and the other gets the first choice. So the person who's dividing it has obviously an incentive to make sure the division is fair. And uh, I remember when I first read John Rawls's philosophy, I told him, it's the chicken. It's the chicken example. I, you know, you divide it and you make the pick. It's, it's very simple. It's, you know, a derivative of, of the biblical command of do unto others as you would have others do un, uh, unto you, uh, which Rabbi Hillel basically said is the most basic rule of the Torah. Uh, everything else is commentary. Um, you know, treat others as you would have others uh, uh, treat you. And so whatever the rules are going to be, they have to be neutral. They can't be ad hoc. They can't be, we don't like you, Santos. Your lie was worse than this person's lie. You have to set up standards in advance before you know whether it's going to be a Democrat or uh, a Republican. Um, you know, again, uh, without getting specific or particular, virtually every, every um, public official has been accused of this kind of um, fibbing. Um, and, you know, we know that President Biden, before he was president, uh, was accused of having misstated his record in law school and maybe a few um, other things. Um, we know that uh, Edward Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, who I was very close to and who I admire enormously, uh, as a young man may have done things and said things that uh, he became ashamed of later on in life. And and so here I'm going to quote the New Testament, not the Old uh, Testament. He, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And uh, that to me is a wonderful, wonderful phrase, um, reminiscent of do unto others. But uh, it's a phrase that says, uh, you know, don't be hypocritical. If, if, if you uh, are going to throw a stone, you darn well better know that it won't come back, rebound and hit you in the head. And I think many of the things that Congress is now doing, look, uh, the very fact that we now have a committee set up to uh, investigate the Democrats, essentially, is I warned, I warned my Democratic friends about that when they went um, uh, over the line with the January 6th uh, committee. Um, and, and so uh, the, the idea of a single standard of justice, a single standard of truth telling, a single standard of when you have gone too far is essential. I think we can all agree George Santos went too far. Uh, what we can agree on is where that line is. And I don't accept uh, Potter Stewart, the great Justice Stewart's line. I know it when I see it, when it comes to lying, because we all know it when we see it, but we don't know when we see, because we have a disagreement about it. Uh, what are the more serious lies? What are the less serious lies? What are disqualifying lies? What are non-disqualifying lies? You know, it's easy to just sit back and say any lie is a lie. And, you know, if a person's a liar, he shouldn't be in Congress or in a particular job or anything else. But uh, that's not the standard we actually apply um, in, in life. And so uh, if Congress is going to start expelling people, let's have a rule. Let's have a set of standards that can be applied equally to both parties, uh, to all people. 
And let's see, maybe that will reduce the amount of lying we have, which is ultimately the goal to produce a society in which truth is highly valued and which the lies are highly disvalued. So speaking of lies, <laughs> let's go to some of my letters. Wow. Wow. Whenever I talk about um, Trump or Biden, I just get letters, letters, letters. They're so one-sided. They're so biased. They so lack any, any principle here. Trump broke no laws. Biden did. Duh. What? <laughs> Obviously, they both violated uh, uh, rules. This is all another pathetic liberal tactic. It will not work, douche-a-wits. You know, yeah, yeah, maybe, but uh, that's a lie. Uh, it's a lie to say that uh, only one of them uh, violated the law and the other did not. There are differences, obviously, between uh, the two cases, and there are important differences. And they cut both ways. Favoring Trump is the fact that he was the president, and he could declassify, if he did, material that he brought to Mar-a-Lago, but he had to declassify them when he was president. Uh, Biden was the vice president. He had no power to declassify. That favors Trump. The one that favors Biden is that, at least according to news reports, um, Biden's team alerted the archives immediately and didn't try to do anything to prevent the material from being returned. Uh, he made it look like it was a pure uh, accident. Probably further investigation um, will be needed, and, and, and they point this in a different direction. But you just can't say that, you know, it's black and white. One is a a complete crime and the other is not unless you're an ideologue, in which case anything Trump does is legal and anything Biden does is illegal. Here's one. Nothing will hurt Trump. <laughs> tell that to his lawyers. Uh, tell that to the people who've gotten sentenced to prison for uh, working for Trump and being close to Trump. Trump's a human being and he can be hurt. And um, these allegations against him uh, will hurt him and do hurt him. And so, uh, you know, don't don't just believe in your candidate as if he were a god or invincible. What does Biden's actions have to do with Trump? It's not a Trump problem. It has a lot to do with Trump. It's not a Trump problem. It's a Trump advantage. I mean, my position is that um, I, I don't think that um, there's any real possibility that Trump will now be indicted for what happened um, and didn't happen at Mar-a-Lago. Um, because as you know, I've said this over and over again, there are two standards that have to be satisfied before you go after a presidential candidate. One, the Nixon standard, bipartisan, which we have in the Santos case. But we don't have it really in the Trump case. And the other is the what I used to call the Hillary Clinton, um, Sandy Berger standard. Now I call it the Hillary Clinton, Sandy Berger, Joe Biden standard, because unless you can demonstrate that what uh, Trump did is considerably more criminal, considerably worse than what the three Democrats did, I don't think we're going to see the uh, democratically appointed head of the Justice Department selectively enforce the law, even if it's appropriate, even if in fact the evidence points more strongly in one case than in the other case, the perception of justice will not accept going after Donald Trump without going after uh, having gone after the other two and going after uh, Joe Biden. So in the end, I don't think anybody's going to be prosecuted. 
I think we'll have reports from the special investigator, the special prosecutor, and they will point out differences and similarities. Maybe we'll get reports that will urge changing the law of classification. We overclassify much too much material, but I don't think we're going to see any prosecution. So uh, they do have something to do with each other. Will Dershowitz classified material on Epstein Island hurt Biden? <laughs> uh, um, as you know, I have called for total uh, disclosure of all material relating to the Epstein case. I'll repeat it again. I will invoke no privileges. I will try to stop nothing from being published. I want everything out there, every bit, every videotape, every photograph, every log, every airplane manifest, everything out there, because it all obviously proves my total, complete, and unequivocal uh, innocence. And I've been asking for that from day one, while um, often uh, others uh, are trying to hide material. So I'm for one, yeah, declassify it. Uh, make it all available. Get everything hanging out there. That's what that's what I want. Um, okay. Let's see where else we go here. Uh, oh, thank you, Lord, somebody says. That Comrade Garland is not on the Supreme Court. We missed a cannonball. I think Garland actually would have been a great justice. He was a very good judge, and he was very fair and nonpartisan. And I think he's doing generally a good job as attorney general. I'm critical of some of his decisions. I've been critical of decisions of all uh, Justice Department officials and, and probably most government officials. Okay. Why does anyone take this man, that's me, seriously, Biden should not have had these documents, period, full stop. You ignoramus, you dumb fool. Um, your name is Warren, Warren P. He was vice president of the United States. He got briefings when officials from England or from Ukraine or from China or from Russia uh, were coming and visit or he was going there. Of course he had access to classified material and he should have had access to classified material. He was the vice president of the United States. He was in on the briefings. Uh, what a fool you are to think that uh, Biden should not have had those documents, period. Of course he should have had them. He shouldn't have taken them with him to his private office, but he should have had them, just like President Trump should have had access to all important uh, documents that were necessary to his presidency. Um, uh, I don't think... Like... January 6th style kangaroo court investigation. I want the truth. I'm not interested in my side. That's you. But I guarantee you that um, um, many of the Republican leaders want to see a kangaroo court, just like the kangaroo court that uh, they were victims of on January uh, in the January 6th committee. Um, uh, what you uh, are aspiring to is correct. But what we're actually going to see is something very different. And the lawyer is talking, fulfilling his greed and obsession to make money, that's me, and be listened to. What a buffoon, as usual, a never-Trumper trying to appeal to both sides, not for ideological reasons, but for the money. I'm a Jew. I must be after the money, the big dollar sign. Let me say very clearly that no lawyer in modern American history has ever devoted a larger percentage of his or her time to pro bono representation uh, than I have. Um, more than half of my cases are pro bono. Um, I represent people all over the world without fee, without charge. I represent people on death row without charge. 
And so the idea that everything is for money is a stereotype and a stereotype that uh, borders on anti-Semitism. Alan, have you seen the film, the 1966 film, A Man for All Seasons? Your defense of the law reminds me of the great scene in the middle of the film where St. Thomas More speaks about the importance of giving the devil the protection of the law. Not only have I seen the movie and seen the play, I've also read the actual history of, um, of, uh, of Sir Thomas More and, and what he has done. And, um, and I think uh, that scene is one of the classic scenes in, in literature. Would you give the devil his due? And, and yes, um, More says, yes, I would give the devil his due. And, um, and, 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 and make sure that the law protects all, not just those who uh, are favored by, by the few. So if you are an admirer or supporter of Thomas More as I am, uh, you will take seriously the idea that everybody is entitled to representation. All right, let's end with a praise. Uh, the Der Show is the best podcast, a world-renowned criminal defense attorney and constitutional scholar. will read unfiltered public questions on the air with a Brooklyn accent, no spin, no party allegiance, no ideological possession. The significance of this is understated. Hey, I appreciate it very much. You get me. And so uh, keep writing letters um, and keep uh, arguing with me. And uh, we'll see you next week. There'll be plenty of new developments in this coming week. See you then.